What's up, this your boy Lil Duval, and check out my podcast, Conversations with Unc, on the Black Effect Podcast Network. Each and every Tuesday, Conversations with Unc podcast feature casuals and in-depth talk about ebbs and flows of life and the pursuit of happiness. Unlike my work on stage, I tap into a more serious and sensitive side to give life advice and simply offer words of encouragement, yet remind folks to never forget to laugh. Every Tuesday, listen to Conversations with Unc, hosted by Lil Duval on the Black Effect Podcast Network, iHeartRadio app, or wherever you get your podcasts. Presented by AT&T. Connecting changes everything. Getting ready to take on spring? Make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel battery tools. From hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more, right now you can save $50 on select battery tool sets. Real steel. Offer valid on select AK system sets through June 16, 2024. See participating retailer for details. Open a limited-time 11-month certificate at Kemba Financial Credit Union. At 5.25% APY, it's more than triple the national average, plus it's a safe and secure way to grow your money. Visit your local branch or kemba.org slash cd for details. Offer expires May 31st, 2024. APY equals annual percentage yield. Restrictions apply. $500 minimum and $250,000 maximum deposit. Advantage status required. Comparison based on bank rate average. Federally insured by NCUA. And if you're talking to the right kid and to the right family, and they want to come play for someone who's really going to be passionate and enthusiastic about their development as a young man, that's where we find success. Because it's real, because it's authentic, because it starts with I love you, it ends with I love you. This is the Reform Sports Project, a podcast about restoring healthy balance and perspective in all areas of sport through education and advocacy. Hi, this is Nick Bonacore from the Reform Sports Podcast. Today I'm reconnecting with Dan Mulrooney, the head football coach at Lock Haven University. I first interviewed Dan in episode nine at the end of 2021, right after he had led NCAA Division III Anna Maria College to its first ever NCAA tournament appearance and first ever Eastern Collegiate Football Conference Championship. Dan moved on to Lock Haven in 2022 and recently led the team to its first five-win season in 41 years. Dan and I discuss his success in turning around struggling football programs, college recruitment, and the highs and lows of coaching at the collegiate level. Man, we got a first. The first of, of having a guest for the second time, and I couldn't be more like ecstatic to have this dude on. He, he graced us with his presence right, right around the beginning when the pod launched. And at the time, he was coming off of a storybook season uh, for a, a small little Division three school in the Northeast, he totally turned around the program and was coming off a Cinderella season, Anne Maria College. But now, here we are, two seasons later, coming off of a, a, another Cinderella story, another turnaround story at the Division two level with Lock Haven University. Man, I'm just so pumped to have him. Head football coach, Lock Haven University, Dan Mulrooney. Dan, man, thanks for hopping on, bro. Nick, thanks so much, man. I'm excited to be on. Obviously, uh, you have a hell of a hell of a podcast, hell of a uh, of a story here. What you're doing is incredible. Just thank you and honored to be on again. I can't have enough words to thank you. So let's just jump in the in the saddle here. First of all, how old are you? Are you even 40 years old yet? I'm 34. I'm 34. Holy gee, I'm 10 years older than you. But anyway, um, so a young man, 34, dude. How do you, so you're a head football coach at a D2. Why do you seem to be taking over programs that seem to be like 
I want, I want to just call them like outcasts. It almost seems like coaches don't want to go to these programs. And two, how do you turn them around so quickly at such a young age? Yeah, I mean, I took over two rebuilding programs. And when you're rebuilding, you better have a lot. You better, first of all, you better have a vision, right? I think number one, when you take over a program that hasn't had success in a very long time, first at the division three level, um, never won more than one game. And then Lock Haven, um, never won more than two games, three games in 41 years. This year we won five games. It's the most in 41 years. Um, pretty wild, pretty great story. I think really two things when you walk into a rebuild, and I've learned this, which is amazing. When programs are in rock bottom, you better have a really, really strong vision, number one. And number two, you better have a lot of confidence in your vision. Because the second you don't believe it or the second you don't surround yourself with your staff and with, with people that really buy into what you're trying to do, you know, the kids, the staff, the school, everyone's smart and they can see right through a phony. You better be authentic and you better have a, a confidence level to yourself that's real and that's passionate. And that's something that you can really change and change quickly. I mean, the whole reason you take a rebuild is for the opportunity, right? I mean, the opportunity is huge. Obviously, you know, I decide to see every problem as an opportunity to find a solution. Right. And, and I love problems. I think I'm a great solution person. And, you know, it's more impactful when you can turn around a program that like at this place at Lockhaven, when I interviewed for the job, I said, we're going to win here. And they're like, well, we haven't had a, we haven't won five games in 41 years. It's going to be a long haul. And I'm like, just trust me. Trust me. I know what I'm doing. I, I just did it at the, at the hardest place to win, I think, in the country at Maria College. And I know the resources here. I know what's possible. And it's going to happen here. And you just have that confidence in yourself, and it kind of just exudes to everybody else, and it's it's pretty impactful when it actually can be done. And actually, I was shocked myself. I did it pretty quickly. And that, that brings me to this. Like, how do you get – so you, you have the vision, right? You have the belief in yourself. But how do you get a group of 18 to 22-year-old kids, you know, roughly – to buy in so quickly. I mean, I, I think about the movie. A lot of, I'm going to show my age here. I think about the movie Wildcats. You know, here's this new coach, you know, in that movie, Goldie Hawn, right? It's a comedy. But in general, you, there, sometimes there's like, you know, a new coach comes in. It's like the players might test the water. It's like, what the hell does this guy know? He's only X amount of years older than me. He doesn't know more than me. But how do you get these guys, these athletes to buy in so quickly to your vision? Yeah, I think like, just in general, like every coach says the same things when they take over a job, right? They walk into a job and they say, we're going to do this, we're going to do that, you know, win with the people, you got to do this, we have to recruit, it's recruiting is the lifeblood, like you, they all say the same coach talk. Realistically, it's about connecting with those kids. Like, that's really what it's about. It's having the emotional intelligence. We talk about that a lot as a staff. Emotional intelligence to me is the ability to connect with people. And when I got interviewed for the job and I met with the team, it was basically over. Because what happened was I walked in that room, I closed the door, there was no administrators in there, and I said, I want to win now. I said, all the other stuff you're going to hear about rebuilding is it takes time, and we're going to do things the right way, and blah, blah, blah. I said, guys, I want to win now. Are you willing to sacrifice what it takes? And you got to make a choice to be great and then be elite. If you want to be average, I'm the wrong guy for the job. And when you look them in the eyes, and you can connect with those kids. I'm only 10 years removed from playing Division One football and, and their level of football. And when you can get in that room with them and you know you have their eyes, right? You know you have them and their foot's tapping under the chair. You know what I mean? You have them. Like, you know, and you have them and you know what they're going to say and you know how they're reacting to you. That's the emotional intelligence I think you need for this new generation of athletes, right? The TikTok, the Instagram culture, the right now success stories. They want it right now, right? So when I closed the door after I got introduced, the president walked out, 
day D walked out, I closed the door. I said, listen, all that stuff I just said, it was great. But here's the real deal. I want to win now. If you don't want to win now, get out. And at Lock Haven, well, at Anna Maria, I took over a team with 17 athletes on it. And at Lock Haven, I took over a team with 38 athletes on it. So rock bottom was an understatement. But knowing what I walked into, I knew the challenge was real, but I knew the opportunity was better. And, you know, for me, when I talk to these athletes, I just talk to them real. Like, I'm passionate. I love I love my family. And, you know, I'm tough. You know, that's my brand. That's who I am as a person. I hold that very sacred to myself. And everything I say, everything I do, the way I act, those three words come out. Passion, love, and toughness. And that's our culture. You know, and you can't fake it. You know, you put it on the board. Every place has, you know, passion, toughness, family, all over the board. Like, but that's me. And I protect that really sacred. And I think in this new generation, having a youthful coach that has a lot of enthusiasm, it's a coach-centric world, too, like marketing, branding. I'm sure we'll get into that stuff. But, you know, that's what the coach-centric world is right now. The football program, a lot of these small colleges are the front porch to the university. And what people are seeing and when people go to the games, it means a lot to the community. It means a lot to the school. So when you say... You connect with them. I mean, you are only 10 years removed. So, I mean, I'm 10 years removed from you, right? I'm 10 years older than you. But the difference between a 44-year-old, 34-year-old, I mean, you kind of probably started really, you kind of grew up at the very, I don't know, I don't even know, like when social media, you probably were still in college or even beforehand when it really started to kind of, you know, get get a little momentum, I guess. So you can connect with them, right? And there's, you know, I I notice, I talked to, you know, one of my biggest mentors in my life is Mike Fox, who was a longtime coach, University of North Carolina baseball team, Hall of Famer and, you know, a legend. And he said it's different. You know, he retired a few years ago and he's like these younger coaches who grew up in this environment, they can really connect. And here's a guy who has had success, you know, been to the College World Series numerous times and, and won at the Division Three level. And then, of course, was in Omaha six or seven times at Chapel wow. Hill. And when he was ready to retire, he's like, man, I, you know, it's just different now. So what is you having the experience only being 10 years removed, why is that an advantage, do you believe, versus someone who may be my age or a little bit older, who may be, quote unquote, a little more seasoned? But why does that give you potentially an advantage um, with connecting with these with these younger kids, particularly, I guess, in the recruiting process? Yeah, the social media age, I, I got into it. I started coaching in 2013. So it was right when like Twitter started being big, Instagram. Obviously, I have all the apps and all the things that they have. And I understand how to connect. It's so easy to access kids these days, right? Back in the day when we were growing up, you send the DVD or the VHS or whatever the coaches. I think it really just helps recruiting. You know, when you're younger and you want to be really connected to these kids, know what they want, right? Recruiting is a simple thing to me. It's a lot of effort, but my simple thought with recruiting is don't chase attract, right? So everything that they see on social, everything that you want them seeing, everything that they want you to believe, you could put out there in social media and they see it. Recruiting is a huge piece of that. And the connection with older coaches versus younger coaches, to answer your question on that, I think it's as simple as adapt or die, right? And, you know, the famous, you know, famous books on that stuff and things like that, but times are changing. You know, and and obviously sports are changing, whether it's baseball, football, um, and you have to sacrifice sometimes some of your morals and some of your things to have a great team and be a great recruiter. At the end of the day, you have to be real. You have to be able to look those kids across when they're when they're here on campus. But I'll talk to a lot of coaches, you know, a lot of coaches, the hardest part is connecting with them and getting them on campus. And we firmly believe here if they're sitting in my office and I have a family sitting across from me, um, 
we're going to win on that recruit 90% of the time. You know, so it's, it's one of those things that can you attract the kid off your social media? Can you connect with the kid off your social media? And nowadays with the transfer portal, we saw immense success from the transfer portal. Um, a lot of team, you know, a lot of coaches I talk to that are older, a bunch of the ones that just retired, they're talking about how hard it is, you know, how annoying it is. The portal's so tough. It's so hard. It's so bad for, for college football. Where I look at it as such an opportunity for college football. It's just an opportunity for me. Now, I'm in a rebuilding program, but I got a Penn State transfer to come here who was a first-team all-conference player. I had an Alabama running back transfer to me in Lockhaven. I had a Buffalo. I had 17 transfers come in from the portal, and they all were all-conference. Three of the four of them were all-conference. One was the Offensive Player of the Year in the PSAC, the first that Lockhaven's ever had, major award-wise. We made such a big step forward in the portal because they're they're mature. You know, you're able to speak to these kids. I was them, right? I went to Boston College. After I graduated, I transferred to Stony Brook. I was the transfer success story. There's not many of those. And I can look at them across and say, this is what you need when you're transferring. Because to me, transferring is about trust. You have to trust the head coach. And when every other assistant coach that's 25, 26 is contacting you, when you're in the portal and you feel lonely, when the head coach calls you and FaceTimes you and it's different and you're like, wow, this guy is young, he's different, he wants to give me a plan, man, we found success there. Now, our closest airport is about three hours away at Lock Haven, so it's not really a transfer portal destination, okay? But at the end of the day, they want to trust the head coach at their next school to have a plan for them. And really, when you're looking at you know recruiting and social media and being young and the portal is such a great thing for the new age college football because not only are the kids in your team important, but obviously recruiting the grown men that's going to make a difference in your program important too. So I know I, that was long-winded, but at the end of the day, social media, being young, um, having the opportunity to, to help people, I think is, the, is one of the main things that I believe I'm great at. Let's just cut to the chase here. You mentioned programs like Penn State. You mentioned programs like Alabama. When I turn on my you know, TV on Saturday to watch college football. You know, I'm sorry to say it. I'm not watching Lock Haven. They're not on TV, right? right? I mean, and I, I'm a proud Division Three graduate, you know, as part of a national championship team in baseball. Like, I have a, a, a big heart and I'm a big advocate for find the right fit. However, how do you, as a college coach at the Division Two level, you know, compete on a recruiting trail with a high school kid or even, let's say, a high school kid who is a fringe FCS player or can go to Lock Haven. You know, let's say the kid can, you know, potentially, uh, you know, go to an FCF school in the Southeast, right? And I mean, right. not for nothing, Lock Haven, a little bit different weather in PA than it is when you're going to a school in the Carolinas or in, you know, the South somewhere, warmer weather. So how do you, from a competitive standpoint, sell a Division Two? you know, rebuild, I guess, you know, you've taken it to the next level now versus a kid who may be somewhat courted uh, at an FCS school in Florida type thing. I mean, do you feel comfortable that you can get those kids? Yeah, absolutely. I, I think, you know, when I sell to really anyone, right, it's not about the price. It's not about the facilities. It's not really not about any of that. A lot of the schools are the same, right? Every school, regardless of the facilities, they're all similar, right? There's dining halls, there's dorm rooms, there's stadiums, they have helmets, they have shoulder pads, some different colors, right? They have all the same things. Every school is basically offering the same thing. Some are better prices, you know, some are better things facility-wise. But what every school doesn't have is the people that could be the right fit. Like, you have to go to a school, in my opinion, if you're looking at it maturely, it's transformational to go to college. That's what it should be about. And when you're around the right people, 
you grow. These 18 to 22 year olds are so impressionable, and I was too, and I'm sure you were as well, that you really have to be really selective and careful about the people you want to surround yourself with. Because that's who you're going to become, especially at that age, right? We're young men, there's ego, 18 to 22 year old men are so hard to, to control and so hard to be around. But at the end of the day, it could transform your life into either a really positive thing, an average thing, or, or go downhill. And, and realistically, if you're looking at it maturely, like zoom out on all the other stuff, right? The stadium and the facilities and, you know, the location and if it snows or if it's sunny and really zoom in on the people that are going to transform your life. And if you're talking to the right kid and to the right family and they want to come play for someone who's really going to be passionate and enthusiastic about their development as a young man, that's where we find success. Because it's real, because it's authentic, because it starts with I love you, it ends with I love you, right? At Lock Haven, any, co- any place I've been, right? And these kids, like, there's nobody after the season this year, you know, it's portal season, right? There's, there's not one kid in the portal from Lock Haven, right? Because they love it here. You know, they love the coaches, they love their experience, right? And they see it from the outside in, they say, wow, this place looks different. You know, these players are having fun on social media, they're loving their coaches, they're loving the school, they're proud of their community. That's coaching to me. That's the new age, right? You have to make it student-athlete-based. As a coach, you have to center it around the student-athlete experience. It has to be about them. It has to be, can I give them everything in my power to make their experience good? Because if not, it's going to go real, real south really quickly. When we return, Dan and I dive into important coaching skills and balancing his coaching career and family life. Open a limited-time 11-month certificate at Kemba Financial Credit Union. At 5.25% APY, it's more than triple the national average, plus it's a safe and secure way to grow your money. Visit your local branch or kemba.org slash cb for details. Offer expires May 31st, 2024. APY equals annual percentage yield. Restrictions apply. $500 minimum and $250,000 maximum deposit. Advantage status required. Comparison based on bank rate average. Federally insured by NCUA. Okay. I love Walker Hayes. He's amazing. He's so fun. Such a great entertainer. And that's why I'm so excited that JCPenney and country music singer-songwriter Walker Hayes are partnering together on a new limited-time men's collection for the everyday guy. The Walker Hayes for JCPenney collection is an upbeat playlist of instant classics with laid-back appeal and down-home vibes. As a dad of seven kids, he knows exactly what fathers want and need when it comes to their style. This collection reflects his casually cool styles with outdoor-inspired details and versatile colors. Perfect for the guy living the t-shirt life or someone wanting some fresh options that feel just as good. It's easy to wear affordable styles that celebrate the ultimate family man, along with the quality, durability, and sensibility dads appreciate. Available online Saturday, May 4th at jcp.com and in-store Thursday, May 16th, just in time for Father's Day. Limited time only. JCPenney, make it count. This is Colin Coward from The Herd with Colin Cowherd. Angie's List is now Angie, the nation's largest home service marketplace. They're here to help homeowners get all their jobs done well. Angie has helped over 150 million homeowners care for their homes. Whatever your home project, big, small, indoor, outdoor, come to Angie to connect with and hire skilled pros to get the job done well. Listen, I've got a couple of things in a bathroom in my house. Got to get it fixed. I don't have time and I'm not good at it. Angie is. In just a few taps. 
in the Angie app or clicks on the site. You can have Angie tackle your home service project start to finish. With over 200,000 pros in their network, Angie makes it easy to research, compare, and hire pros to ensure a job done well. With 29 years of experience combined with new digital tools to simplify the process, Angie makes completing home projects really easy. Renters, you can use Angie too for moving, installations, or cleaning. Angie can even help with extremely specific projects. Just tell them what you need and Angie will find the right solution for you. Get started at Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I.com or download the app today. Welcome back. Where we left off, Dan and I were about to discuss the role of fairness in sports and the importance of hard work. There's 11. There's 11 starters on offense, 11 on defense, 11 on special teams. How do you make the kid, and let's face it, man, um, there are kids on every team who know after a little bit of time, there's a very, very strong likelihood they're never going to be a starter at the team. I mean, that's just real. For the most part, in high school, everyone who's in college and athletics, right, I don't care what division you're at, what level you're at, you were probably one or two or three of the best players in your high school, probably in in, in your area you know, wherever you grew up. But then you go to college and you're like, holy cow, my son Avery is a division two wrestler for UNC Pembroke right now. He actually is a true freshman. He he's in the starting lineup, but which is huge, but he's realizing there's a, there's a difference. It's not, he can't do the same thing in, in, in college and get away with it on the wrestling mat that he could in high school. So he's learning through it, but he's good enough. He's put himself in a position to be competitive as a true freshman. But there are plenty of kids on that team who are true freshmen who can't and may never, right? And that's every program. So how do you as a coach keep that kid? How do you retain them? And more importantly, how do you make sure that that kid doesn't become a problem? How do you make them feel part of even though they might not be contributing on the field? Yeah, I think that's a great question. I I really think it's messaging. I think half a life and, and being a head coach, your communication skills, I think that's the most maybe underrated value communicating correctly whether it's to administration alumni the community the players most importantly having strong communication skills is huge and being able to talk to them real and saying here's one of my favorite lines i always say i hate the word fair we don't use that word and fair is a thing that is not real in college athletics parents call me still you know i just want to be fair the kid wants a fair shot you know i want fairness fairness does not exist in my program. Okay, opportunity does. I guarantee the kid that isn't playing this season that, that didn't get the fair shot, he had plenty of opportunity to prove it. Now, do more kids get more opportunities? Yeah. One kid might get one play on kickoff. And if he doesn't do anything with it, he doesn't make the tackle, if he doesn't run over somebody, that might have been his only opportunity ever. And that's life. And that's why sports teach you the best parts of life. Right? I might get one opportunity like, to interview at Lock Haven. I had one shot and I seized it. Now, other guys might not have, right? But at the end of the day, you have an opportunity. Whether it's fair or not, fair doesn't exist in this world. As, as an adult, you know that, right? You're never gonna get, it's never going to be fair. It's never going to be balanced. You know, fair and balanced is not a thing I use. Like, a parent called me the other day. She said, well, I'm worried about his balance of school and football. I'm like, listen, there's no balance as a student athlete. You want to be great at something? You want to be elite? There's no just thing as balance, You do what you have to do to make sure your life is very controlled. But I want to be great at football. I want to be the most elite coach, you know, in Division II. How does that happen? 
but you're in the office. You're misunderstood a lot. You miss holidays. You miss birthdays. You know, you miss time being dad. You miss a lot of things. And people say, well, you're crazy. I want to be great. So the balance of life doesn't happen like that. The fairness doesn't happen. You have to create your own opportunities. And we live in football and, and sports. It's a result business. You lose by one point, you still lose. You have to win. You have to be on the left-hand side of that column every time where you're not a good coach or you're not a good leader. Um, and obviously, there's other things that go into that. You're impacting lives and you're changing. Um, you're helping kids and you're developing them. But at the end of the day, to answer your question, I mean, the word fair, I don't use. The word opportunity, I do. And you either seize it or you don't. And there's a lot of opportunities. I'm sure these kids have gotten, whether it's a training camp rep, that you take a perfect step. You know, were you first? Were you first to breakfast? Were you first to every meeting? Do you bring a pen and pencil to every meeting? Are you trying to be great or are you trying to be elite? Or are you trying to be excellent? Are you trying to be average? Or are you trying not to care? And if you let that bring you down as an athlete and you're not noticing that coaches realize everything and you're constantly evaluated, you're hurting yourself. So I think that's that's really my two cents on, on just obviously 70% of the athletes don't play, right? So why don't they play? Let's dig a little deeper. Why don't they? Is it just talent? Is it just gifts? Sometimes. But I think most of the time, persistence is key. If you want something, you got to go get it. Coach, every time I talk to you and, you know, we, we stay in touch, you know, through text and stuff. And I feel like anytime I want a jolt of energy and enthusiasm, I got to hit up Coach Mulrooney and you kind of give me that juice. Like, what do we expect going forward? I mean, what does it look like now? We're going into the offseason for you. Um, what does it look like? You, you didn't say the word obsessed, but I've heard that enough from people. I try to follow people who have had sustained success for long periods of time in different fields, not just athletics. And it fringes on the borderline of like negative obsession. Like it's flirting this line of like unhealthy obsession. So how do you balance being a father of young kids, husband, you know, with all these ambitions and goals and trying to be the best coach and recruiter and such for Lockhaven? What's it look like now for you through December and January and so on? You know, first of all, have a great wife that, that understands you're a coach and that, you know, it's a blessing that she married a winner. It's also a curse that she married a winner. I tell her that all the time. Um, you know, have a wife that understands your obsession. And the obsession is a good thing, you know, because it's elevating my career. It's elevating everything that our family's about. She sacrificed so much. I get emotional thinking about it, to be honest. Sacrificing her career and moving away from family. And she is the best. She's my rock. And in terms of being a dad... You have to, you have to be very selective. And that gets me emotional thinking about that as well, because you don't want to miss out on little kids. I have a three year old and I have a one and a half year old and you have kids too. And there's no better time in life than being with my kids. Like I literally have no hobbies. I'm in the office working, recruiting, coaching, or I'm with my kids and my wife. That's it. I heard a quote like, if you have a good golf game, you're not going to be coaching very long. I don't have time to sit on the golf course for eight hours by myself and get good at golf. I don't want to do that. I have no interest. Um, I literally just want to be with my kids. And honestly, like I think dad is a much bigger role than coach, in my opinion. And being a head coach is really cool because I get to create my own schedule in a way. I'm not obviously a 27-year-old or 35-year-old assistant who has got to travel every two seconds and work for someone else. But I think you have to be selective on what memories you want to create. And really what, I, what I've done... In terms of being a dad, I drive my kids to school every morning. And sometimes it's really hard to do that consistently, but I haven't missed. I drive my kids to school. I drive my kids to daycare every single morning. I take my son to what we call treat day uh, on Friday morning to a little diner. We have pancakes. 
we sit there. He's the little mayor of that little diner. It's hilarious. Um, they all know him. They all walk in. We're in a little small town. Um, but I want to create those memories so that when they're older and yeah, I missed a lot of time being dad, but they said, you know what? My dad drove me to school every single day, no matter how busy he was. And he always brought me a breakfast every Friday. Like you never forget that as a kid. And I just know that that's important to me. And obviously it's emotional thinking about that because I love him so much. and I don't want to miss time. But like you said, there's no balance. Like you want to be elite at something. You're going to have to sacrifice a lot. You're going to be misunderstood. There's going to be, you know, problems creating friendships. Like, you know, people understand my life. And if they don't, then, you know, they're not going to be in it. But, you know, you miss holidays. You miss birthdays. You miss weddings. I mean, I miss so many weddings through the years from coaching. Um, but at the end of the day, if you want to keep building upon what you just did, like we just won five games, the first this school's ever had in 41 years, the most wins in 41 years at this college. And that's amazing. But I'm not a 500 football coach. Every single place I've been, whether it's high school, college, we've won a championship. I've won seven championships in my life. My my resume, all that stuff, it's, it's all championship driven. Now, I think the Bill Parcells quote that's really popular is, it's not hard to be mediocre, right? It's not hard to, you know, certain places it's harder, right? This place was, hasn't been done in 41 years. But the difference between seven and nine and eight and eight in the NFL, Bill Parcells said, is not that hard. It's not big of a difference. But the biggest difference is the 10 and 6, the 11 and 5. What makes you mediocre to playoffs? There's so much growth and so much difference in those teams. That's my next challenge. And I'm so, so excited to hopefully get to that next step. But what's that look like? What's my plan? How am I going to be different? How am I going to move different? Right? What type of steps am I going to make that are going to elevate the program? What I do good that I want to be great at? What I do bad that I want to be that I want to really pick up, you know, whether it's fundraising, alumni relations, you know, all these things that go into being a college coach, especially at a lower level. Like you're the player personnel guy, you're the GM, like you're the recruiter. Like we have eight guys on staff, right? Four of them are full time. Like you better be a self-starter at these programs. If you're D3, D2, like big misconception I've always heard when I was interviewing for the job, it's like you're a D3 coach. You know, this is a new ball game now. It's division two, there's scholarships. You might not be ready. And I'm like, so if you give us more resources, it's only going to be easier. It was such a misconception that, like, the hardest job in the world to me is a high school coach that you can't recruit at, right? You can be the best coach in the world, but if you go to a a high school and you can't recruit at the high school and you have to play with whoever's in your town, it's hard. The next step is Division three, because now there's no scholarships. There's parity, and no one has scholarships, and it's all just recruiting off what resources you have in terms of facilities. The biggest misconception is to say, well, you need to get recruiting experience with scholarships because that's so hard. Once you get scholarships, it's harder. Nick, it's easier. <laughs> it's easier once you get scholarships. Now I can make it more affordable for these families. And we just crushed it. We just had 55 kids last year, and we jumped from one win to five wins basically overnight. It's not harder. It's easier. If you keep getting more resources and you build a certain way where – you're not used to having anything and then you're given something, it just makes it easier. And I think that's such an important and such an easy point to think about. I think the more resources you're given when you haven't been given something is just so beneficial. As we wrap up, Coach, uh, I just watched a podcast on the St- Stephen A. Smith. Everyone knows who he is, had Tom Brady yeah. on, um, you know, the GOAT Tom Brady. And, and um, you know, I, I just watched a little while ago and I was, you know, I, I hang on every word like a guy like Tom Brady, except guys like Michael Jordan, Tom Brady. I want to listen to what these guys, you know, these athletes, these people who have had sustained success talk about. And, and Brady talked about how, you know, 
how challenging it is for, for kids these days is because, you know, they're so used to instant gratification. They're in many ways fishing for clicks and yada, yada, yada. But that's not sustainable. You know, it's not sustainable. What's sustainable is, is work. I'm going to ask you, and I'd love for you to elaborate on it, is, is there a substitute for down in the trenches, straight up hard work? From your experience, have things changed where you can shortcut or is it still down in the trenches, hard work, grinding if you want to be the best version of yourself? I think that's always been my secret to success. Anybody that's elite or great, you know, the secret sauce, this is what I tell my staff, the secret sauce about Lockhaven football that I want no one else to know is how hard we work. It's to outwork everyone is the sign in my office. I can text it to you after this. It says outwork everyone. And it's one of those things that growing up, my favorite word I like to use when I was in high school, Nick, I love when people say I was lucky. I'm, I'm lucky. Lucky that you're born that fast. I'm lucky that you're, you're a genetic freak and that your parents were this and that and the third. I wasn't lucky. I outworked everybody. And you can ask any of my high school coaches or anybody. I woke up at six in the morning, went to the YMCA before school every single day at the Y in Waterbury. I worked out two hours a day before school and did it again after school. I pushed my dad's van up a hill three times a week. I backpedaled up that hill. I, I wanted no one to know how hard I worked. And I wanted for people to think I was lucky. That's the same mentality I have with what I do. I want everyone to think I'm just out there getting lucky and recruiting good kids and blah, blah, blah. But what they don't know and what they don't realize is I'm up till two in the morning, staying connected with them. These kids will answer a FaceTime at 11 p.m. these days. And they'll answer. You can recruit up until up until midnight. You can work as hard as you want to work. And when you work hard, I always tell the staff this, don't complain about the results with the work you didn't do. That's literally my my motto on life. Like, don't complain about the results with the work that you didn't do. If you did the work and you could look yourself in the mirror and say, I did everything in my power to get this place better, I could live myself. But if I didn't do the work and I was lazy, I took shortcuts and I wasn't very selective with my time and I didn't do the right things, that's on you, man. And I tell my student athletes the same thing. And I can't look at them and they can't look at me without knowing that I worked harder than everyone in this building. If you're the head coach, you better work harder. You better set the tempo every single day. You walk in with a certain swag to yourself that you're going to set the tempo on that work ethic every single day and you better not fold. And as a leader, as a communicator, as a coach, they look at that and they look at everything. So yes, I do believe, at least to my core, that work is the ultimate key to everything. Dan freaking Mulrooney, coach. Where can people connect with you on all your social platforms, your handles, all that stuff, please? Yeah, I mean, Twitter's probably my biggest one. Uh, that's because college football recruiting's all over there. I'm coach underscore M-U-L, Coach Mole. Um, obviously on Instagram, uh, Dan underscore Mulrooney. And that's about it for me for the social media. I'm basically on Instagram, Facebook, and, uh, and Twitter. Obviously, I'm, I'm very active on those. I do respond. You know, if you DM me or send me a message, I'll definitely get back to you. Um, obviously, if you want to chop it up, learn more about me or learn more about my vision, I'm always willing to help coaches. You know, obviously, I speak at the convention on every year down in Nashville this year. I'm excited about that. And obviously, always, always around to help people. Dan Mulrooney, Lockhaven University. I love it. I can't wait to see you guys uh, bust out, win that championship like you have been uh, everywhere you've been, man. So uh, I can't thank you enough, bro. And uh, let's keep in touch. We'll rock this back again after you win that title next year. 
Thanks, Nick. It's been a blast. Honestly, honored to be on this podcast again. I'm the first two time, two time first that I've been. You have some amazing guests, and this is a great. You have a great platform. I'm just, I'm just like I said, I'm just honored to be here, and obviously have a good Christmas and all that stuff. All right, brother. I appreciate the same to you. That's Dan Mulrooney, head football coach at Lock Haven University. Thanks for listening to the Reform Sports Podcast. If you've enjoyed this episode, we would appreciate it if you took a moment to rate and review our podcast as we work to grow our community of supporters and advocates. For more Reform Sports content, please subscribe to our newsletter and blog at reformsportsproject.com. You can also follow us on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and LinkedIn. Open a limited-time 11-month certificate at Kemba Financial Credit Union. At 5.25% APY, it's more than triple the national average, plus it's a safe and secure way to grow your money. Visit your local branch or kemba.org slash cd for details. Offer expires May 31st, 2024. APY equals annual percentage yield. Restrictions apply. $500 minimum and $250,000 maximum deposit. Advantage status required. Comparison based on bank rate average. Federally insured by NCUA. Hey guys, back at the playground again, huh? Yep. You know what this playground could use? A wine country. Heck yeah, and some waves. So we could go surfing. Oh, <laughs> ah, love that. A redwood forest would be cool. I'm in. Ah, ski slopes. Let's do it. Um, can a girl go shopping? Yeah, baby. Wait. Did we just invent California? Discover why California is the ultimate playground at visitcalifornia.com. I'm so excited to tell you JCPenney and country music singer-songwriter Walker Hayes are partnering together on a new limited-time men's collection for the everyday guy. What I love about Walker Hayes is his laid-back nature. He's a family man and being a country megastar while also having seven kids. You know he likes to keep his style cool and casual. This new collection is perfect for the guy living the t-shirt life or someone wanting some fresh options that feel just as good. It's easy to wear, affordable styles that celebrate the ultimate family man, along with the quality, durability, and sensibility dads appreciate. Available online Saturday, May 4th at jcp.com and in-store Thursday, May 16th. Just in time for Father's Day. Limited time only. JCPenney, make it count. Managing your diabetes just got easier. The powerful new Dexcom G7 lets you see your glucose numbers on your compatible watch and phone without finger sticks. And because Dexcom G7 is the most accurate CGM system, you can be confident in your food, exercise, and medication decisions. And all those decisions can lead to big results, like more time in range and lower A1C. Get started at Dexcom.com. Dexcom data on file 2023. If your glucose alerts and readings from the G7 do not match symptoms or expectations, use a blood glucose meter to make diabetes treatment decisions. For a list of compatible devices, visit Dexcom.com slash compatibility.